This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Whoever made the siyum, my late brother, Rabbi Nosson Tzvi Zechon would do anything for siyumim, and he would prepare personally uh, the nesiba siyum, and the uh, the quality and quantity of food was commensurate with the accomplishments of the siyum itself. So siyum Ashas would get a a grand uh, feast, but to tremendous sake, and you should go Michael Michael. I also want to echo the words about Adam. It's been a wonderful relationship with the yeshiva here. Uh, Adam was is a local boy from Silver Spring. He went to the high school there, came here, grew tremendously, came back, and it's been growing tremendously, yeshiva Dola. And he had a few weeks off and came running back here to, to get Avir Eretz Yisrael. It's, it's been a wonderful relationship, partnering in, 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 in such a Ben Aliyah and... Uh, you should all have the same type of aslacha that Adam has wherever you are and uh, wherever you continue. And just one thing about, I guess, the question and answers. I want to just make a ha'ara that I think is appropriate for the Olam that I found. You know, this, it sort of happened by accident. One year they asked if we can do question and answers, and that's sort of the way it started. You have Arba Bonim, and each one has his question. I once thought there are three Lashonos of questions in Lashon Kodesh. There's a Shaila, there's a Kasha slash Pircha, and there's a Tmiha. And the difference is as follows. A Shaila means 
I'm using the question as a tool to explore further. If this is so, how do you deal with this? Um, Tolstoy, when he asks a question, is saying, since I have a figure this way here and a figure this way here, then obviously there are more details in the halacha that will help me um, qualify this halacha in this place, this halacha in this place. There is a tmiha, which means I can't even ask an intelligent question. The word tmiha comes from the word tam, which means whole. It's like you walk in and you see this big complicated machine. You don't ask, like, why is this screw attached to that bolt? You say, what is it? I don't have any way to even digest it and process the question and sort of analyze. That's called a tmihad, from the word tam, which means complete. I, I, I swallow the whole thing whole because I can't figure out the bits and pieces of it. And then there's a perichor kushia whose um, angle is to destroy the thesis that you presented. So the chacham is a shoel. He asks a question because he wants to explore and he realizes he needs to, he can't just listen to the Torah and that's it. He needs to ask, and, and in a dialogue, we'll come to a much finer truth and a much more detailed truth. The Russia is out to knock, and it's a kasha and a percha. And that's what he's doing. He's using the question as an axe to uh, destroy whatever thesis is being presented to him. And a tam is somebody who's a tamea. And he doesn't even have the vocabulary to sort of analyze the issue and ask details. The Chacham asks the Chukim, the Eidos, the Mishpatim. Tom says, Mazer. And that's that. And Eino Delishol is off the chart. He doesn't even have any questions to ask. He's not even intellectually sensitive to ask the question. Um, it's been, I, I found it uh, energizing because I found that Olam's questions are to the point. I think they're intellectually honest. They want to figure out the truth, willing to hear different sides. Um, and it's, you know, sometimes the questions are just pro forma, sometimes they're listless, sometimes this. The Olam here seems to have a very healthy sense of it. And it's, it's been a, a pleasant uh, experience for me as well. So uh, last time we had a Sarah Kashis, so or how did we work? It, uh, someone had questions written down or I don't, whatever? Uh, well, you, you have... Uh, I don't have anything. I, I'm fine. I'm Anybody have any questions you'd like to raise? About what? Any, about anything? Yes. Why does it seem like the Torah sometimes uh, talks about things that are don't, don't seem so significant, sometimes we even repeat those events, whereas the Torah doesn't want to mention the Mashiach or Olam Haba? Okay. Um, your question has two parts of it. We'll, we'll make a, 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 a silo, we'll analyze it. They're not... Uh, one is, why does the Torah bring things that seem very insignificant and some repetitive? A lot, there are passions that are repetitive. Um, secondly, why is there no mention of Mashiach and Haba? Each one stands on its own. It's, it's, each one is a separate question. Let's start with the first one. There's a... Um, Chazal mention the issue, and they, 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 they specifically refer to Eliezer and Avram, his conversation repeated twice, not terribly important conversation, and so on. Chazal used a term that, you know, the, 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 the sichas avodim of the others is better than the Torah of the children. I want to explain what the pshatnet is. A person can suffer a cut in a hand without great damage. A person can even suffer chasashon, severing a limb, and still live quite well, you know, a bit handicapped and so on. A gene that gets sliced, that gets cut, even a small way, is destructive in the entire body because it's very seminal. It, this, is, this is the core of what you're building. Others are, Kalisol is built in layers. And the Avos built the genetic material of Kal Yisrael. Anyone who's the child of Yaakov is Jewish, whether he likes it or not, he's Jewish. And anyone who's not a child of Yaakov is not Jewish. Th that means that the genetic composition of Kal Yisrael, metaphysical if you wish, but genetic is the right description of it, is set through others. 
And anything that happened with the others, down, down to the small details, is very significant. If you look at it, the Torah describes um, the, a life of a hundred plus years for each of the others in, in a few short stories. So we need to tell ourselves the Torah has selected these pieces as being the significant ones. The repetition has significance. And yes, you need to break your head on it to try to understand it. The very fact that the Torah has picked only a few events and a handful of events to cover 175 years is, is in itself telling. Sometimes we figure it out, sometimes not. I, I, wa- I, wanna, I, I want to give an example. The Rambam in Mordebuchim actually points at a half a dozen places in the Torah. The Torah seems to deal with such inane matters, such silly trivia. What's the point of it? And the Rambam in the Morning Bukham is very powerfully um, points out how important these things are. I'll, I'd like to take a minute and to maybe share um, a, a, two approaches that are very significant. Both are Divrei Kim Chayim. Both are real Torah and very significant in teaching us how important Torah is. There's a parish at the end of Ayishlach. Somebody so nicely put a Tanach here. Must have, must have been pre-thought. Um, I will ask permission from Gottlieb. Joseph David Gottlieb? Dove. Dove <laughs> Thank you. Permission uh, received. I'm very happy. There's, there's a passage at the end of Yishlach. Since it's by Shvi, we're already probably lost in thinking about the Kiddush when we get to it. It goes, These are the kings that ruled in Edom before there was a king of Israel. In Edom, you had Bela ben Baor, who comes from the city of Dinhava, and then you had Yoba ben Zara from Basra, and the king that came after him is Chushim from Taimani. It gets so bad that at the very end, you have the last king is Hadar, who comes from a city called Po. He has a wife named Mehetavel, a mother-in-law named Matred, which is a really fitting name for a mother-in-law, and this and that, is really good. Bas Mezahav, which is also very good for in-laws. But the Torah lists this. Why? Who? What? When? Where? The Torah before, also, it goes through all the alufim of Esav, who the generals were, and who the, and, and, and Yosh, and Yalom, and Korach, and so on. What are these parashas doing here? I want to show you Tutu Rutsim. From two different halakhim of Torah, and each one is powerful, extraordinarily powerful. The Rambam speaks about both of them, but I, I want to focus on the on the Torah for the first parsha. He explains both. The Rambam says the Torah did not allow us to kill anyone. The only people that not only are we allowed to kill and to kill is Amalek. He said Amalek is a complicated nation. They intermarried. They were Esau's children, grandchildren. There was a lot of marriage between all sorts of different nations. Those different nations um, had a, a, you know, they, they, there was a mishmash and a hodgepodge of half Amalek, half Edomi, a little bit Amalek, a lot of Edom, and so on and so forth. And that is natural. He said, so when we go and fight Amalek and we capture someone, so we're going to have to kill Amalek, but maybe it's not really Amalek. And, and the Torah said did not want us to spill one drop of blood that is innocent. And we have to understand something. Amalek and Esau, it's not that Esau is big Sadiqim. If they married with Amalek and their cousin with Amalek, it's probably like Inver Geffen, Inver Geffen. They're, they're, they're uh, similar, but they're not Amalek. And, and killing a person is a terrible thing. And if it, the Torah said Amalek, that's what HaKadosh Baruch was Goza. So he said, so we have to sit down. And the Torah gave us a genealogical chart to weed out the innocent people so that we don't kill innocent people with, with Amalek. But there's no kill, kill is not a Jewish word. It's Xeris it's, it's that we kill Amalek. And, 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 and killing someone who is almost Amalek is is Shfichas Damin. And, you know, and, and, and that's the attitude, that's what the Torah is giving us here. That's the Rambam Moronavuchim. Extraordinary. The Arizal, 
was coming with a different Chelek Torah, an Eilavel Divakim Chayim. Darizal has, it's not a safer, but it's a whole sugya that the world was created in a way that Ra comes before Tov. And every Madrega of, of Tov had a Madrega of Ra before. By Erev, by Voka, first as a knight, there were 2,000 years without Torah, then there was Torah. The world, the process of the world is from, from Ra to Tov in, in, a, in that way. Edom, Esav, who, who are the core of Ra, ruled the world for eight Tkufas. And that came before the Tkufa of Klal Yisrael. And each and every one, each name over here, has significant Ramazan, down to the Matreda, the Mezov, extraordinary Ramazan. And once you see it, you, you see clearly of, of understanding that structure of what points of Ra, uh, we don't need his vocabulary about spheres and so on, but just understanding that, the Torah locked it into something which is the Malchus of Rishas of Esau. There were eight kings before there was a king. The last one is called Hadar, which means to return. It's the returning of the Malchus. The Kali Yisrael, extraordinary, a, a world of Sodos that, that, that is really the fundamentals of, of many of, of, of the Sodos of Kabbalah, Allah and Parasha. So here we have a Parasha seems insignificant. You look at it and, and it raises your eyebrows and you rightfully ask yourself, what is it? But the question is, what don't I understand rather than why the Torah write it? Yes, the Torah wouldn't have written nonsense and wouldn't have written things that are unimportant and trivia, so what am I missing? Um, the Rambam's answer, we might figure out ourselves. The Rizal's answer, you have to have a Megil like that. But we have one place where we see something like that, and it's really extraordinary. I'm always very moved by this when I, when I go through the parasha. Both the Rambam is, is very meaningful to me and the Rizal is very meaningful. Yes. Yeah. Uh, as to why Israel suffered a few mm-hmm. why have there been other genocides across the world, amongst the Romans, such as Darfur or what the family in Syria? The Torah um, focus on Klai Yisrael, but the events are universal. In the very core of the world, what should have been Gan Eden was started with um, Adam not listening to Hashbaruch and with Cain killing his brother out of jealousy. The world hasn't shaken off that event yet. The, 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 the Ramchal explains that the development of Kali Yisrael is meant, the world today is a nasty place because thanks to us us means Adam, collectively. Um, we messed it up. We, we use free choice bedding. And once you build in a poison, once killing becomes something that's possible, it takes its toll. Um, our Kalei's mission was to produce a much better nation. There will be a light to the Goyim. But, but all around the world is, is a manifestation of, of it gone wrong. Once Ritzicha became... At the very core, the first two people that could kill each other killed each other. Well, one killed one. They can't kill each other. They, they, then, then it became... So all that we see now, the, the idea of war, the idea of hatred, most, most jealousies are in that way. I want to correct one point you're making, though. When we speak about genocides, I, I want to speak about something unusual, about I, 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 a reason why we need to reserve the term. So don't use the word genocide, the other terms. It is not unnatural for two, like the Palestinians and us, it's not unnatural that we're enemies. They want this place, we want this place, and the Tutus and the Hutus want each other's place, and so on and so forth. It is unthinkable that Nigerians would land in South America to kill Brazilians. It, it, it just, it, 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 it would make no sense. Um, neighboring place, people warring on each other for money, for religion, for all these things, that's part of Sinna and Kinna, and that's part of the around the world. The idea that Hitler would send people to Greece to kill Jews, and, and, and to every far-fetched area to schlep them back, 
that, that was an incredible event that has no parallel. It, it, he, he was looking to kill the Jews in every single corner in the world. It, it wasn't Germany. His war against Czechoslovakia, he wanted a piece of land. Poland, he wanted a piece of land. He wanted land, he wanted this. He didn't want anything from the Jews, he just wanted no Jews wherever they were. That's an event that's unparalleled in history. And, and, and uh, it, it speaks something about Klausel having a special mind that the, the, the ultimate Ra understands that Klausel is the ultimate hope. That's, uh, so I, you're right, the world has a lot of Ra, and the Shorish comes from the world falling apart with the Chet of Kayan and Hevel and so on. Yes? Are you still friends? <laughs> good, that's good. Okay. <laughs> one or not. Between you and your friends, you'll let me know <laughs> which side I... I, I um, it, it's one of the things that has made people once we interacted with the world around us, very uncomfortable. It's, it's not... People don't take kindly when you walk around with your nose up and say you're chosen. But, not but, but the only... If you look carefully, we're chosen... The only... The only thing, the only thing that we got physical for cho- choosing is that being chosen as Israel. But um, what we're chosen for is we're expected to keep almost a hundred times as many mitzvahs as a goy. In other words, a goy who does ayin mitzvah is a tzaddik. A Jew who does ayin mitzvah is not a tzaddik. The the the, the <laughs> you know let, let's leave it at that. The the, the um, the, we have an aptitude for a level of ruchnius that a guy does not have. It's not, um, there's nothing racist about it because a, if, you know, if, if we say yes, we're chosen. We have to put on film every day, get up for davening every day, not do this, not do that, and so on and so forth. Also, anyone who has it in him to become part of us, the door is open. If somebody generally wants to become a yid and take on. So we've been chosen to express a greater ruchniistic quality than Umas Olam can as a nation. It, 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 it's like, a, a, it's like a, a, an elite unit, like Sayeret Matkal. They're chosen because they have the hardest and toughest missions and expected to be able to carry it out. We, we, we have the mission of living thousands of years as being downtrodden, and keeping a burden of mitzvahs that most people would find unimaginable, and proudly doing so and saying, this is what a person is supposed to be about. A person is supposed to be about Shabbos, and about Kashras, and about Kedusha, and so on and so forth. And you're welcome to join us if you feel moved to do so. The, the value, someone asked once, Bobavitcher Rebbe, and he, it's, it's, I, I like the answer. To he asked him, who's better, a Jew who's not doing what he's supposed to do, or a guy who is doing it? And his answer was, are you talking about potential or actualization? HaKadosh Baruch Yom Adin is done people for what they are. And HaKadosh Baruch knows and understands, and he's the Dayan Emes, and if you're a Russia, you're a Russian, if you're a Tzaddik, you're a Tzaddik, even if you're a Muslim. But the potential that a Jew has is incredibly larger than a Muslim. Certainly as a nation, I, I don't know one-on-one, and I certainly, we don't have the ability to measure these things. But the, the, the chosenness of ours means we're chosen for a spiritual mission that others are not believe. It's wrong to uphold a guy to do Tayag Mitzvahs. We have that mission. We have a mission to show the world what a super person looks like so that they say, well, if a person is spiritual, it's a very different world, and why don't we be like that? That's our mission. And, and we've had to go through a lot of fire and water for that. Uh, the only thing we were promised was Eretz Yisrael because it's a Makkum of Kedusha. Um, every, every nation has its place. 
and it was just a question of which piece of land. It's a stroll has has is kedusha, and that's why it's this is our place. That's the only thing we ever got for it. Yes, uh, did I guess right? Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, tell me if I'm right. I'm pretty sure the Ramban says something about a Jew who does the sm- <coughs> who does the smallest mitzvahs in Israel, living in Israel, is greater than the big than a big Pomeranian or someone who does great mitzvahs outside of Israel. It's a poor paraphrase. <laughs> And, and let me explain what the Ramban says. The, the, the Ramban says, I heard somebody once quote this Ramban that um, the mitzvahs and chutzah is only the Rabbanu. The Shohar says not like that. You don't go Suffolk Lakula in Kutzlaritz. Some people do, but, but, but the, 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 the um, conventional psika is that, that all din of the Raisa are considered to Raisa and Rabban. The Ramban says, in a Shlemistic dimension, the Ramban is talking in a Hashkafa that it's supposed to fit in as part of a whole picture. I, I, I want you to understand, like, like, just like we spoke about before, the main accomplishment of Kalei is as a cloud, as an entity, as a nation. Individuals are not on the, on, the, on the stage of history. Nations are. So we need to have a tzur of a nation, and that's when the mitzvahs take on their full expression, what they ought to be. He brings a chazal about tzivil chatzionim, which means make us of markers, because the fullness of it, it's, it's a hashkafic uh, perspective. It, it's not a halachic perspective. And certainly, you, we, you have to be weary of comparing the, the biggest person, the smallest person doing this and that. It does mean that the shlemus of the mitzvahs is Eretz Yisrael, Kalisol in Eretz Yisrael. That's the, and the truth is, if we think about it, when Mashiach comes, we're going to be like Bali Tshuva. Most of the Torah, we never were Mekayim. Not Karbanis, not Tumantara, for many years, not Sroyim. Uh, you know, that's, that's a major part of it, and, w- and we're kind of not... Uh, we, we, t- we have, we're clueless. I, I mean, you imagine somebody saying, don't touch that, that's Truma, don't touch that, you're, uh, you know, you're a don't touch that. I, we don't know what we're talking about. It's, it's something incredible. So it means the shlemus of, of the of the um, mitzvahs, the shlemus of the tzurah is it's it's a, it's a it's a perspective on it. It doesn't you don't apply it lahalacha lemaisa. It certainly tells you the value of it. It's also the value of living in Israel, but you can't just put it down and like it would be another sif in kitzur shahar. It's a different. It's a it's a hashkafa to look at it. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, Okay, so, so let me let me start answering it with an anecdote, mm-hmm. and uh, there, there are some Hasidim, Ashlag Hasidim, who very strongly believe everybody should learn Zohar and Kabbalah and so on, and they push it quite aggressively. They, you know, people they sell Zohars very cheaply, and the, the whole set and so on and so forth. And that's sort of their sheet and, and and so on. So there's sort of an anecdote, and again, the, I, I take absolutely no. I, I mean, I, I, I give no guarantee to the veracity of it, but, but, the, but the point of the story is very true. So somebody got into it, and he learned a lot about it, and then the story is told about people in Tveria. For some reason, people in Tveria are always kind of, in, in the, um, <laughs> starting from Gashashachi there onwards, Tveria people are kind of the goofy people. So this is a story about a guy in Tveria. He comes one day in Ishtibel, and he hears a guy saying, the Pasuk, L'cha Hashem Agdullah V'agvur, so he asks him, you're saying words. You don't know what it means. You never learned the Zohar Kadosh. You don't know what it means. And just blurting these words. What does it mean? So I was very impressed. He says, yeah, what does it mean? He says, okay, Gedul is Akashpokos right hand. Gevur is his left hand. Gevuris is his belly button. And there's a representation in Kabbalah using the body as a figure. And if you're coarse enough and crude enough, that's what you get. The understanding of it was Kabbalah is an inherently impossible thing to learn because 
you need terms and words to speak about things, but you're talking about things that don't physically exist. The metaphysical needs to be described if it's to mean anything, and yet your mind needs to have the refinement to strip it of any physical vestiges. The Zohar in one place, when he, when he starts his limudim, his main limudim, he starts with the, with the error of anyone who makes a Tesla Masecha. Because the limud is so easy to turn it out Zohar that it's, it does more harm than good to spread it. The Shita had always been um, to leave it for people and the Rambam, who had a different world of Sod, also agrees in his world of Sod that you need to leave it to people who are already, whose mind has been refined by Torah. The Hasidim were the first ones in, in, the, in, the, in the literature world. The Goyen was a huge couple and he wrote a lot in Kabbalah, and his Talmidim in Kabbalah, but it was kept very, very strictly on the Latin key for people they felt of the caliber to understand it. It's very fine. It's, 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 you have to strip away all the descriptions and live with the abstractions. That's very difficult. The Hasidim felt they needed to do it because it would add spice, some spice to Kima Mitzvahs that would make it more um, inspiring to people. The, the, the muscle they gave for, 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 letting, for making this more common was that sometimes the old days they used to think that diamonds or, or jewelry have um, some therapeutic power. So say when the king's son is critically ill, he takes the crown jewel, grinds it into dust, mixes it into a portion and feeds it to him. You know, we did wrong, but it was necessary to save the people by giving some of the ideas to give people a sense of how great a mitzvah is, what kind of tikkunim it does, so on and so forth. There's been, like everything, there's been positive sides to it, there's been negative sides to it. The positive side is it has been inspiring to some degree. The negative side is two issues. One is hakshama, which means turning terms about Kadesh into some physical reality, which is borderline fear. That's a problem. The second problem is it sometimes knocks halacha in a place where it shouldn't knock halacha. A person will say, well, I know that I should be davening shachris now. It's kind of 10.30 in the morning and, you know, the, the zman is rapidly moving forward. But I have to make some tikkunim because it says, without the tikkunim, the, the, the shachris doesn't go up to Shemayim. Our understanding, and firmly so is, that's absolutely wrong. Halacha comes first, and, and, and the token of it comes second. And the, the issues, one of the, one of the machlokas in between misnagdim and chesidim hinged around this. By emphasizing the content, you sometimes short-circuit the halachic process. And, you know, it's, it's an issue. It's, it's, there's, there's um, positive value on both and negative value. But by and large, a person needs to first start in halacha, his mind. I, I want to tell you something else also. Halacha, which I mean Gemara, teaches a certain un- intellectual honesty. There's no such... The Gemara never asks a kasha and answers, well, Rabbi Nachman was a big sadiq and he knew what he was doing. The Gemara says, Meisvei, Eisvei, you know, Tiyufta. The Gemara, there's no... I, I once was speaking to somebody, a Reformed Jew was telling me, you know, the rabbis could institute and, 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 and they could, it could um, be mabatul halachas when they wanted to. I asked some examples at principle. I said, great, let's take a Gemara. The Gemara is a kasha. How could you, how could you be mabatul the raisa of, of, of Shemitah's Ksafim? I, I asked him three guesses what the Gemara's answer is. The rabbis were great. They were holy. They could do what they wanted to. The Gemara's answer is, you're right. They can't. Only if it's Shemitah Rabban, they can do it. I, um, I said, halacha teaches a person a, a, a certain intellectual honesty that you can't push whatever you want based what is credentials? The Zohar is a closed safer. The Zohar, even Kabbalah, is not an open safer. The Rizal is open. The Zohar is mystical, by all counts. You have to know Pshat. You need to learn it with, with a lot of, lot of depth, uh, unless, unless you're trapped by something that doesn't mean. It has beautiful poetic language. It's a, it's a be- the, the Rizal's Lushen is dry and boring. It's not meant to entertain. It's meant to give over 
amitios in a certain way. The Zohar is a very inspiring language, but, but you can't take it at face value. You have to learn up the sugya, the, the, the Kabbalah sugya, and, and the results is the key for that. So it's it, it, the Hasidic, the big Hasidic Rebbeim have given a little dribble and drabble of the Nyanim to inspire us, but there is much good in keeping it away until a person is mature enough, emotionally mature enough, intellectually mature enough, and totally mature enough to, to, to understand it. Yes? Yes? I'm sorry, you want to talk? I just had a follow-up question. Please. Uh, yeah. Sorry. But you know, there, there is what to be said about learning things that sometimes the Chassidists don't do it. Today people are drawn to Chassidists and if they don't find it literacy yeshiva, they know where to find it in other places. You know, it, it's even, you know, it's even something which, um, you know, it, it, it has its, its places where put in the literature yeshiva world, introduced, he shied away from the terminology but used a lot of the ideas. <laughs> it's a process. You know, a zebra doesn't jump in one instant. They, it's a process that takes place. I think it is taking place. It is influencing. People do have an, an awareness of asfasemis uh, on Chumash was never to be found in the yeshiva ever when I was growing up. Sfasemis was a safer on Moed and on Kachim. That's what Sfasemis was. There, no one had a clue that he actually went on Chumash. It was, it was out of the pale of Sfarim. Today, every yeshiva Kemat has one because it's become in. So it is a gradual process. I think... Uh, there's a mutual hashpa. Yes. Right. Right. So two things. First of all, what you mentioned, the main tribe that has survived until B.S. Goldstein is Yehuda. That was the Yisrael disappeared, and very little we have of other Shvatim. Secondly, Chazal say that anyone who's kaifen of what is Zara's as long as we're in Gullus, our main avoda, we don't realize ourselves. Our main avoda is to stand strong against a Jew in in Gullus has a hard time being identified as a Jewish people because we're sort of subsumed in other nations. We identify ourselves, we are not our host. And, and that's our strongest um, defining element. And I think that's why, you, that's another reason why we, we call ourselves Yehudim as opposed to Yisraelim. Yes. Um, oh, sorry. Yes. So with regards to secular books and secular reading, now, I understand that if a book has, let's say, inappropriate material, or even um, innuendos, then it might be us or halakhically speaking. But if a book lacks such ideas, then halakhically speaking, is it acceptable to read? The answer is um, two things. First of all, if, if halakhically it's acceptable, then you're almost defining yourself halakhically it's acceptable. You, you obviously want to understand why in this Nefredi world there's a strong um, reluctance to read anything outside of, of, of Kodesh. Um, so two or three, and like every, when you're dealing with a, a social phenomenon, social phenomenon meaning what people do, there are different, there are different reasons. If you look at the Rishonim, they, they were conversant with, the, um, with, with their current science and philosophy works. Uh, Rishonim mentioned Aristotle very freely, and it's something you find in, in Akeda mentions it constantly in the Barbanel, and the Ramban will occasionally mention the Ramban for sure. The, um, first of all, it's very hard a lot of times to separate yourself out from real Goyesh Ashkatis. I want to give an example. When I was growing up, dirty movies existed, of course. And uh, they didn't invent them recently. You know, they, they was, that's what we weren't supposed to do, and that's what some people didn't know we were supposed to do. That, it's, that's clear. The, the, the movies and the TV shows that was considered clean 
kosher lemahadrin were westerns. Westerns used didn't have women; they had men dressed fully, shooting each other all day. Basically, that was the the, the general theme. Is sometimes this guy shot this guy, and it was good. It was fine. There's nothing nothing not kosher about. It. But, but 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 think a little bit if you think about it. What, what was the message of a Western um, show? The message was that if anybody talks down to you, you shoot him. Because you stand up for yourself. Real men stand up for themselves. And they don't want anyone... Do you think you get away with saying this? Bam. And nothing about that is <coughs> Jewish. Um, if you tell yourself, if you say somebody, somebody's calling you bad names, but if you react, he's going to knife you. What should you do? Should I stand up to show I'm a proud Jew, or should you run? The Jewish answer is run. Really hard. You know, that's the answer. Rav Shach once put it into such powerful terms. He said, people accused us of being, um, of, of being kind of sniveling Jews that when the pirates said you know, nasty things about us or whatever he did to us, we didn't react. We didn't stand up for ourselves. He said, you want to understand something? Said we looked at a pirate like a dog with rabies. He was not human. His insult for someone's insult to take effect on me, I have to respect the person. Tomorrow says If someone who's a Tamakhan comes over and tells me, you know, what you said today was Piamarasis, I would be deeply insulted. If a guy can't read says I think I'm Aretz type, I mean I'd laugh. It, 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 it's, it's, you know, we, we looked at, at the Paris as being a, a, a wild, crazy dog, and you run. But the attitude, you, every, you, you read a novel, so if the novel is, is, is filthy, so you know it's wrong. But, but if you don't, if not filthy, it, it's quite clear, it seeps in, that having an affair is normal. There hasn't been a novel where somebody didn't have an affair. There's no novel if there's no affair in the novel. So, so it begins, everything in the world expresses something, especially if it's written well, and it has in itself um, it, 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 you're getting the person's, a person, a, a good novel that's worth reading is expressing descriptions of things, descriptions I mean how you should, your perspective on something, <coughs> how you should react, it's educational. A good novel um, gives a person insight to something and, and, and it's very hard to say that this person's ideas and ideals are very different then, on the other hand, there's values a person must have to write, a person learns truth, there are truths locked into it. So, I guess the, 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 the balance would be a person can read to educate himself, but not to lose himself in it. Uh, and when a person absorbs a lot of it, he begins to get a model of life that's not true to the Torah model. And it's the intangibles. Halachas, Hilchas Shabbos, can I eat this, not eat this, is easy to quantify. But is this attitude a Torah attitude or not? It's hard because it's subtle. And that's why there was a great reluctance to, you know, there was a backing off. Now, when you back off, you sometimes back off all the way. But I'm, I'm saying that the, the attitude was good writing always has in itself um, feelings and so on and so forth. And you need to look at the way Ricky Vega writes a tshuva. Uh, if, you, if you're capable of reading Ricky Vega's tshuvas, in, uh, his writings in general, are remarkable, not for the, besides the Torah itself. Uh, on the one hand, his sharpness and directness is incredible, and his humility is incredible. In the same place where he goes to the heart of an Indian and asks a powerful kasha, he leaves off with Halavaya Kadeshwag would open my eyes and I could see it. And it was not written, it was not rhetoric. This was Rikivega, this is what he was. It builds something in you. It, it, it's not, you know, some people write, well, and therefore I think this is wrong, and that's wrong, and I'm right. Ricky Vega writes, and I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm at step one. I, I have no idea where to go from here. It, it's an incredible lesson in humility when you learn it. And, and that's, so, so, so reading is very complex. It, it carries a lot of subtle messages, and not, e not easy to sift out what's right and what's wrong. Yes? Higher and higher, and the 
You asked me what we ought to do? I, I, I didn't get the point that question. I'm not saying the way it works, right? So you're asking on the Gemara itself, not only should. So let me give you sort of a muscle, and, and we can figure it out that way. If you, if your kid, you're trying to teach your kid how to swim, um, you, um, and you put him into water, you will put leave him there in, until one or two things happens. One is, if he manages to swim across the pool, he comes out, he says, bravo, great, excellent. If Chassadon starts drowning, you jump in and pull him out also. The Geula, at, at the end of the day, Akash Baruch wants Geula. Um, he, we have two markers. Halavai Wimatzliach. And Chassadon, if not, Akash Baruch will not forsake us. Now, I, I want to relate this on the, to the point that he made. He quoted a Gemara now. It's never as simple as either or. Our door has deficiencies. Our door has milus. In the big picture, I think in certain Nikudas, Gula will be because Wazakai, and certain and certain Nikudas for other reasons. It's it's not black and white. The, the world is complex. People are complex. It, Chazal gave us parameters. They said Gula is something we can reach. And it's something Akash Baruch Hu will never let us become forsaken. But exactly where and what and which areas and so on, that's that's Akash Baruch Hu's So so we, we we need to know we need to live with two things. It's an ideal to live up to and to do what we can. Halavai and every Nakuda that was Zoka to do right, it's a Nakuda for Gula. And Akash Baruch Hu won't forsake us. At the end Akash Baruch Hu holds a hand and holds us up. Yes? Okay. Um, I have no problem. It's, it's everybody else that, you know. For me, it seems that often there are like two very like opposite parts of, of Jewish thought. On the one hand, we believe that um, everything's supposed to be, you know, that the, that the Torah is true. God intends that the Torah is supposed to teach like a better way of life. Get to the point. The, the quotes are important. The point is important. But, uh, yeah. But, uh, Imagine somebody comes to me and he says, I'd like to borrow $1,000. Do you trust me? I say, yeah. Um, could I have collateral? Do you have a, a, an iPad worth $1,200? I'll take that. Can we give back $1,000? I'll give it back to you. That's certainly not trust. On the other hand, if a guy comes over in the park to me and he says, could I have $1,000? I'll give it back to you next week. And I say, sure, I trust you. That's not trusting. That's an idiot. I mean, what do you mean you trust him? I, I mean, what does that mean? The real word trust means I've had business dealings with you, and you were always good for your word. Now you come along, you want $1,000. I have no guarantee, but I have what to go on. If somebody comes and wants to sell me a religion, and his own thing say, trust me, you can't understand. I'm God. I'm above it all. <laughs> I, I mean, what do you want from me? On the other hand, if I can understand 
every bit of Torah and it makes perfect sense and I could basically do it myself then God's authorship is extra it's, it, I'm not going to it, it, neither one it says in the Rishonim I don't remember who it is that they recognize the value of the chukim from the mishpatim that they see if I see somebody is and, and this is important when you go out to the world and you're from Jew and you carry yourself from Jew if you're a person who shows up on time does their share work doesn't shirk doesn't shirk his Israel is not fooling around with anybody in the office they're not supposed to fool around with is, is, is not drinking and, and is, is a model on, on, on the level of rational understanding of what to be good is then I say the film that he's wearing that sits as the yarmulke that must be very very good I don't know what they mean I don't think he knows what they mean but a, 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 a mode of behavior that demonstrates so many positive facets this must be good if a person however is it, deficient in the other areas let's say then, then I question Mechatesita's tool and his tzitzis are, are of significance. Our relationship with the world of mitzvahs, we need mishpatim to, to verify it for us, that it makes sense that it's, that it's something worth pursuing. But if it's only mishpatim, then where's God in the picture? It's got to be chok. So, so the two together, you write their opposite, and you write the Torah once both, but the only way we have a relationship with God, to have a relationship means we need something in common, and God means something not in common. So in, in the answer, the, 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 the practical realization of a relationship with God is a peace that I hold on and a peace that I don't. I, I want to say what I said in the words of Chazal. Chazal said that when Moshe Rabbeinu came down with the Luchos by the Chet Eagle, it says there were six fingers. Moshe held on to two, six hand breaths, sorry. Moshe held on to two of them, HaKadosh Baruch held on to the other two, and two were in the middle. It's a metaphor. There are, and the Maral explains, there's a part of Torah that's in our hand, that's Mishpat. There's a part of Torah that's Chok, it's HaKadosh Baruch's hands. And, and that creates, like Shnaim Ochsin, the halacha is, whatever's in this guy's hand is his, whatever's in this guy's hand is his, and the middle is both together. The partnership is created because it's a part of Torah that's mishpat given to us, and the way Bezal Shalmata Paskins, that's how the halach is. There's a part of Torah that's chok, and the way it's only Akadosh Baruch Hu knows it, and that creates a commonality and a connection with Baruch Hu that is incredible. We're holding on to part of it with our minds. Akadosh Baruch Hu is holding on to part of it that we have no access to, <coughs> and the whole that picture together is is it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful vision of being in common, of being together. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, By the way, just I, what's the time frame? I mean, when do I start competing with the show? That's that's what I what? No competition. No competition. The, um, you have the time. Then Okay, so you'll tell me when you think okay. that, that the Oilum needs to move on to, to better things. I'm <laughs> um, oh, sorry, who is the... Uh, yes, please, continue. So we learned, we learned uh, the introduction from the So the Ramam says in a place, and others, um, that Barbanel I think speaks about this quite at length. Um, it, the the um, generally speaking, let's take ribis as a prime example. Generally speaking, things that you would expect across the board in a society. Um, to happen. Jews and non-Jews are the same. Anything that's extra special, because, for instance, lending money with interest, it shouldn't be a bad thing. I mean, I can rent out my car, it's perfectly kosher. I can rent out houses. Why can't I rent out the money? So the Torah said, an extra special chiyav to give it to my brother because a brother is, it deserves extra special treatment. Um, Returning an Aveda means I'm taking off time, effort, 
you know, for somebody else's financial loss, I'm taking a loss in time and effort and so on. It's an extra credit. So it, you can't place a chiv on it. That seems to be the cloud for most things. That seems to be the dividing line um, between between uh, our chiyuvim klapi Jews and chiyuvim klapi goyim. It is considered in a society where people return things, and that's normal. It would probably be mechayiv a Jew as well. But in the beer halachas, returning an object is something that's an extra effort. It's not just giving, but it's, it's going looking for him, finding him. It, it, it comes with a whole package of halachas. I think that that's the dividing line. That's, that's where... Anyone else? Uh, I'm just new people. I, I, I think you... Yeah. Just loud a bit. I, I need to... Yes. Just a bit louder. I I, I can't. Um, yeah. I see The answer is, yeah, sorry. So, so the answer to that is, it really depends. It should be, the decision for that should be rational and tactical. And I, I would like a cold army general who is totally impassionate and making a decision about what's the most sensible way. Sometimes it's sensible, you know, you, you, have, uh, you, you have to be in a position where somebody's at with a knife. Usually most sensible thing is to run. Sometimes somebody's taking over a neighborhood, and if you give an inch, they will they will take more. The sensible thing is to organize a defense force capable of fighting. There were situations and times in in the ghetto and and, and in the war. It's it's noble the people who fought to the end, but I'm here because my father lived through it. If my father would have made a heroic stand and died, my father was in the ghettos. My mother was. My father was in the ghetto. He went through the whole war, the came together, and everything. I'm here because he made a choice to live and to have a family again. He, he, if, if they would have done the heroic thing and gone up in smoke, I wouldn't be here, and my children wouldn't be here, and my children's children wouldn't be here. Um, Kalaisal Bayashani, Chazal point us that the right decision was to surrender. The, the other people said cricket. There were other Tkufos, and um, here in Israel, it seemed to have been the right decision to stand up and to fight. But it should be made. Do, 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 anyone who's who, who, who's smart knows that if you want you, you, to get the enemies to make a mistake, one of the Arabs' worst, one of their greatest weaknesses is that they become very quickly emotional, and that's why you can go them. And certainly, in the earlier years of, 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 the, of the fighting the Arabs, that was the weak point. They they fought on passion with, with very little seichel, and that's not good. In other words, if someone calls you a dirty Jew. You, you need to be able to sit back and say, "What is the smart thing to do?" And let's let's forget about the feelings over here. That's that's a, and it's a tough one. It should be made with seichel and not with with somebody being able to go to your emotions. Yeah. And what else? Yeah. Second question, sir. Yeah. A little louder. I'm sorry. Right. Well, I, I want to point out something, uh, a parak in Tanakh. David HaMelech was considered to be not fit for building the base of Migdash. And the reason was because he spilled a lot of blood. And he was a man of war. His battles were justified. There's a chinuch that says the reason why Kohanim and Leviim don't take a chilek of the visa not only of the Nahu, the Biza, the Chinach says, because when you take Biza, when you take um, war booty from somebody, the person has a lot of hurt in Agnes Nefesh. And while it's perfectly legally <coughs> okay that spoils go to the victor, but a man of God should have a different standard. And he shouldn't use things 
that somebody else that came with, I don't remember, lost Tsar and Nagasnefsha, I, I don't remember exactly, but that's more or less the favorite. Um, it, it's important to understand that every drop of blood, uh, it, the Pasuk speaks about, you know, is Dorish, every drop of blood, and so on. We do have a, another dimension of life to Kaisal and Neshama that Amazon don't have. But, but it's not meant to belittle the, the, the Shivas of, of Chaim in general. It, and it's, it's a hard, it's, it's very hard to, to go that fine balance. Yeah? That's the last question. Last question, okay. Allah yes. Who, who, you? is like this. Well, uh, there, there are two, again, your question has two parts to it, and I hate to keep doing it, but the question, one part is um, approaching the Torah rationally, and and this, the second part is taking things in Torah literally. And the Rishonim, the Aben Ezra, and, and many others say that in Torah, everything has to be taken literally, because at the end of the day, once you start saying something is a metaphor, there's nothing um, everything falls off. Davinezer speaks about it, and he speaks about Arles Halev. The only place that you can say is a metaphor is when the words are an idiom, like Arles Halev. Um, but if, if it says Mitzrayim is a metaphor, I, I would say that stealing is a metaphor. It means taking from poor people that can't afford it. But rich people in the banks, that's not real stealing. It, it, we, we have, you know, it, it, it's endless. You finished. It, it, so Torah itself, Torah Shabbat Sav, is taking Kipshuto all the way. The the, um, um, the 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 question of being rational people just it, 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 that didn't become it, it's like seichel has not eliminated the possibility of a nace in any sense of the word. No scientist can say there can't be a god and he can't do miracles. They haven't answered yet the great miracle: me, you, him. Uh, do you know what it takes? To be me? Do you have any idea? I mean, you know, I, I, I like, I enjoy reading science for recreation. I, I don't, not, 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 I don't do it for the joshes. I do it just, uh, I happen to actually like it. And I saw a nerdy part, a little bit of a nerdy guy. The, the, there was, I was reading recently, a, a certain worm has, I think, something like 385 neuron connections, and it's capable of extraordinary amount of complex activities. How? Why? What? When? Where? It's it's stunning. In a in a cell, there are something between fifty to sixty thousand chemical reactions that are part of the process of living. It's the world is a stunning place. Um, there's no rational. You can't say, well, we're rational. Rational is good, and therefore there's no God because not rational be God. That, that statement is is horrible logic. We do need to approach things. So if somebody comes and tells me I can make the shtender float, I'll say, fine, let's try it. And I, I'm, I'm game for that. Um, it's <laughs> clear to us, if HaKadosh Baruch created the world, the Nisim are really, are, are not, are, are explainable 100%. The fact that the Nisim have stopped is clearly indicated to us. This is our, our Masoza Torah. There was a Tkufa in the world where it was... Nisim versus Avodazara. You, you never, you never, you can never have a period where things are are stacked overwhelmingly in the favor of, of of belief or so on. So when we were doing Nisim, you had people who could do magic, pretend to do magic, whatever it is that they were doing that looked Nisim-like. With the end of Beis Rishon, Nevuah came to an end. Open Ruach Hakodesh, open Nisim in the Beis Hamikdash came to an end, and the world started. Dropping about his and becoming rationalist, and sort of the end of Bayis Rishon, beginning by Shani, was 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 that process, and we got Torah Shabbal Peh, and 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 we live with hidden Nisim. The fact that we're still here, the history is is a, is a very strong nest, not an unnatural nest, but an extraordinary nest. 
Um, so, so when people say, well, we're rational, so we can't believe in Nisim, who said you... Rational just tells me I have not experienced a nest, a, 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 a counted heaven nest in my life. That's a fair statement. But then to say because of that it doesn't exist, that's, you know, for, for years nobody thought of a black swan. The famous, it's, it's, it's a famous logic problem that, you know, if swan are white, but they discovered a black swan, so is it a swan or is it not a swan? Well, everything else matches with swans, and they discovered there were. It, it, it just, just saying that I don't think it makes any sense is, is a meaningless statement, and, and somehow it slips past our radar screen. That statement is illogical. Well, I, it doesn't make any sense to me to Nisim, so this, and since I'm a rational person, it doesn't make sense to me, so it can't be Nisim. There's not scientific proof in any sense of the word. It's not rational. Yes, you haven't experienced Nisim, and you don't have you, 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 you don't have a culture of a Muna where things have been passed down. So, okay. I, but uh, and if you think about a person, you know, a person's life and thought and understanding and, and everything about us is, is mind-boggling. Okay. Rabbi said, Lech, hold the simcha, lech mecha. Let's leave. Also, I just want to, on behalf of the yeshiva, I want to uh, really extend our karsatov to our Lepiansky. And I think if uh, if we gain we gain so much tonight, like the message to all of us is very clear. We have to continue to learn. We have to continue to grow. We have to continue to strive for uh, that connection with the Kodesh Baruch Hu. We're also zorgit to have the bris which came in now. So let's uh, have another.